My 11-year-old Landon sitting right here on the front row loves card tricks. He loves to kind of mess with people and just try to get you guessing. And so he'll often take like a stack of cards and he'll just try to get me to guess which MLB player he has in his hand at any given moment. And so I'm guessing whatever, Pete Alonzo, Christian Yelich, or Manny Machado, or any of these different guys at any given moment. And one day last week, I walked through the door and I wasn't through the door three seconds and he had a stack of regular playing cards in his hand. And he said, Dad, go ahead and guess, man. And I wasn't thinking, and I just kind of shot out three of spades, and he got silent. He got silent for two reasons. Number one reason he got silent is because his lead-in to telling me to guess was, Dad, if you guess the right card, I'll give you $1,000. So that was the lead-in. And the second thing, reason he was silent is because I was right, and I got the nice uh, three of spades. And he sat there quietly and silently, and I looked around, and his face just dropped. And then he said this to me, Dad, can I be in trouble instead? Right? Now, the reason he said that is because he doesn't have $1,000 to give me anyway. But I just think it's funny that he would rather be in trouble than try to pay up. And I think sometimes, guys, we're in an environment like this at church, and we're excited. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about sharing our faith and inviting people to church and showing the love of Jesus to our community. And as we're doing that, we go out the walls, and we kind of have this game plan. I mean, Landon was waiting for me, man. He was ready. As soon as I opened the door, he had his little plan. He thought it was going to go a certain way. And sometimes we walk out into the world, and we really think, man, I'm going to share my faith with this person this week. I'm going to invite this person to come to church this week. And it doesn't quite go as we planned, right? And sometimes, like Landon, we kind of lose heart. Our face kind of sinks. And we think to ourselves, man, that did not at all go the way that I thought or hoped it would go. And so here in this series, we're trying to equip you and encourage you and challenge you to be a bunch of people who brightly shine your faith, even though sometimes it's not easy. Even though sometimes it's tricky, sometimes it's a little bit hard. And I know a lot of us in the room feel like we're not equipped to do this. Uh, Maybe we're afraid to do this. Maybe we feel unqualified to do these kinds of things. But here in this series, we're just trying to say, hey, we've got to keep going, right? We've got to keep sharing our faith, telling people about Jesus, pointing pointing people to the hope that is Jesus. I just want to remind you where we were. A couple of weeks ago in week one, we started out just talking about this, this vital thing that we have to be connected to Jesus, right? And we said this, that the, your light will only shine if you're connected to the source, right? Just like this bulb, it will only shine because it's connected to the source, right? If this bulb were unscrewed, it would have no ability to shine. And that's just like you and me. We so badly need to be connected to Jesus if we're going to shine. We need to be close to him and near to him. And there's something in that message I want us to repeat together again. It was this thought, not everyone's going to like that I'm a bright, shining, light. I need you to say it with me loud and clear. You ready? Not everybody's going to like that I'm a bright shining light. That's so important to get deep in our heart because I think for too long we've thought to ourselves, well, you know what? If I share my faith or invite someone to church, I I don't want to push them away, man. I don't want them to be unhappy with me. I don't want it to do something bad to the relationship. But the truth we have to get in our heart is we can't let that, that fear, keep us from opening our mouth because that's what's happened for too long, right? We've been afraid to push somebody away, or, or maybe break a relationship, or maybe have it cost something. And so we've kept our mouths quiet. But I just think understanding that sometimes we're going to share our faith, and it's going to go really well, and someone's going to be transformed by God. Amazing. But sometimes they're not. And sometimes we're going to invite somebody to church, and they're going to come, and God's going to do something powerful in their life. But sometimes that's not going to happen. But that's okay. We almost have to expect that if we're going to do the thing God's called us to do and shine brightly. And so I hope you'll remain challenged by that. Then two weeks ago, we talked about this idea of love, right? We, we said, hey, we've got to brightly shine the love of Jesus. If we have any hope of reaching our community or making an impact, we've got to shine the love of Jesus. And it starts in this room, right? It starts with each other. We have to first love one another. We have to first work through conflict with one another. We have to be at peace with one another. And then we go out there and we change the world. 
Now, last week I almost died. Uh, Saturday night, I was all ready. I was ready to roll, man. I had this message I'm doing right now, ready to go. I was so excited about it. And then I started feeling a little funky. And so I texted Andrew and Joey and the team said, guys, I don't think I'm going to be there tomorrow. And I just want to so thank our team who just kept the ball rolling on every front. Let's hear it for this amazing crew. And so, so thankful. And Andrew doing double duty all day. And just so many of our team just pulling together and making things happen. It was awesome. But today I want to continue this series. I want to talk about a bright, shining life. I want to talk about how powerful your life can be and my life can be when we decide that we want it to shine brightly for Jesus. You see, the truth is, sometimes we just kind of blend in with everybody around us, you know? Like we live so much like everybody around us that no one can tell the difference between us and somebody else. A lot of you guys know a few months ago I broke one of my fingers and I had to have some stitches put in. And so I had my finger wrapped up and I went on vacation. And, and one day I'm just sitting in my car and I looked down and there was a, a hair had gotten stuck to the Band-Aid. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, man, that's, that's weird. I don't want that there. I like my nice Band-Aid looking nice, you know. I got to keep, keep things looking good, you know. So I went and ahead and pulled and, and it was not a hair. It was a stitch. <laughs> Didn't feel so great. I, I should have known it's not a hair. Look at me, right? I should have known it is not a hair, okay? I was deceived, right? But here's the thing, guys. It shouldn't be hard for someone to look at you and me and know who we are. It shouldn't, we, no one should be fooled. No one should be going, wait, are they a Christian or are they not? I'm, I'm trying to pick this one out here. They're kind of blending in. They kind of look like someone else. They kind of look like everybody else. No, we should be standing out. We should be shining our light so brightly. And you know what's true, I think, a lot, for especially a lot of the people in this room and some of the age group we have here at night, I think this cool thing just gets in the way so often. We just want to look cool. We just want to be cool. We want to fit in. I tell you, I have these lights that hang in my bathroom right here. And in these lights are these, these bulbs, and they're really cool bulbs. Now, the problem is, is they don't shine brightly. They're 40 waters, and I have tried to find bulbs that look just like them, same length, same style, but are like 100 waters so I could actually see something, right? But I haven't changed them. Why? Because they look cool, man. They're just cool bulbs. They don't do the job, but they're, they're cool, right? And I think that's a lot of us. We, we just want to, well, I'm not worried about shining too brightly. I just want to look cool. I just want to be the kind of person that fits in. Yesterday and the day before, we went to for Frank Fontana, who's Joey's grandpa, and uh, my wife's uncle, and just an amazing man, an amazing man. And we celebrated him. We laughed, and we told stories, and we cried, and we talked about Jesus. And at the end of the day, what really stood out about this man, as funny as he was and as great as he was, was this. This guy shined brightly. This guy shined brightly. I'm telling you guys, at the end of your life, you don't care if someone gets up at your funeral and says how cool you are. Like, no one's going to say, you know what I have to say about this guy? Man, he really fit in. He blended in just like everybody else. Like, that doesn't matter. What matters is people standing up at your funeral and saying, point to me to Jesus. Point to me to Jesus. Shine brightly. Point to me to my Savior. I'm telling you, we have that potential, you and I. We have that opportunity and this is so important. Do you know why? This is crazy. This is mind-blowing, honestly. But the reason this is so important is because God's plan, are you ready for this? God's plan to redeem the people on the earth around you is you. Like, that's crazy. No pressure. But God's plan to redeem the people on this earth 
is you. Now, the Holy Spirit is at work. Thank God. God does miracles to show people he's there. Thank God. He answers prayer. Creation itself is to show us that God is there and show us there is a Savior, right? But the primary plan is me and you. And so we've got to shine brightly. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to let you know you are so welcome here, and we're so thankful that you're with us. And Today, as we talk about telling people about Jesus and living these lives for God so that it impacts others, you might be thinking, well, this seems a little strange because I myself am not a Jesus follower, so it feels a little weird to be hearing you guys talk about this. I want to let you know that throughout the message tonight, I'm going to talk right to you a few times, and I want you to see a couple things. I want you to see God's way and God's grace as we work our way through these verses tonight. And so what we're going to do is check out Ephesians chapter 5. And Paul had some friends in a place called Ephesus, and he wanted them to shine brightly. And so he said this to them. He said, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Now, we looked at this verse for like 30 seconds about a month ago, but it was worded a little differently. It was a different translation, and this is what it said. It said, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. So this is where we start. If we're going to live bright, shining lives, we've got to imitate God. Like, you might be sitting here tonight saying, I don't know how to live this bright, shining life. We just have to imitate God. Well, we look at Jesus. Jesus was God in the flesh. If you're not a follower of Jesus, God loved us so much, he sent Jesus to walk in our shoes and to live the life that you and I live. And now we get to look at the life Jesus lived and imitate that life try and say, okay, God, I want to be like you. Just like Jesus was, I want to be like you. I want to follow through in things like holiness and love and mercy and purity and, and goodness and truth and, and all these different things. We're imitators. When I was two years old, I wanted to be my uncle. My uncle was the coolest guy in the whole world. He drove cool cars. He was a great athlete. And two or three years old, I just he was like all I, all I cared about, apparently. I mean, I don't remember much from them, but I've been told that like if he walked in the room, I just wanted to hang out with him. And he would take me everywhere with them, and he would take me on errands. And, and one of the things he taught me when, he, when I was early, again, I don't remember this, but I'm told, he taught me, Doug, this is what you got to do. You got to find a really beautiful woman, and you look her right in the eyes, and you say, hey, baby. Like, that was what he taught me, okay? And so he takes me out on these errands, and one day he takes me to Dunkin' Donuts, and then we go to the store, and then we go to the bank, and he puts me up on the counter at the bank, and he takes out his wallet, and he's doing all this banking stuff, and I notice this really pretty lady behind the counter. And so I look, and I lean in, and I go, hey, baby. She looks at me shocked. He looks at me shocked. Then she looks at my uncle like, you freak. You taught this little kid this to try to get a date with me, you know. And he's standing there going, I didn't tell him to say that. I didn't tell him to say that. Well, the truth was he had told me to say it. He just didn't think it was going to come out right then. But what happened? I was with somebody a lot. I was close to somebody a lot, somebody I really admired. And I was taught things by this person. Before I knew it, it just was flowing out of me. The same is true with us and God. As we get close to God, right, as we are connected to the source, like that light bulb's connected to that lamp, before we know it, the things of God are flowing out of us and we're imitating him, just like I imitated my uncle that day. And then we get a little refresher on week two. It says, and walk in the way of love, right? Okay, let's start there. If we're going to imitate Jesus, it's going to start with love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up. If you're not a follower of Jesus, Jesus gave himself up, died on the cross, a brutal death to rescue you and me. It says he gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, here's what's going to happen, guys. Paul's about to get really specific. And he brings up some intense stuff. But here's what I want to say before we get into it. 
I want to say that you and I have an amazing God. And Ed, if you could just go back a slide to that, that first verse that says, be imitators of God. Look at what it says. As beloved children, right? So that's where we start. Even though Paul's about to say, hey, this, this is some intense stuff that I think guys to aim at, right? We start here. We start as beloved children, right? We start as people who are secure. Some of us in the room have kids. And you know what? My kids are secure in my love. They are beloved children. And I point them at things that are important because I care for them and I want their lives to go well and I want them to honor God. And just like I hope to be a good dad, God is the best dad. And we start as these beloved children, and then he says, okay, here are things that are important. Here are things that matter. And if you want to shine brightly and make an impact on this world, these are the kinds of things that matter. So it says this in verse 3, but among you, this is intense, there must not be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity. Guys, those are really challenging words, right? Not even a hint. You know what a hint is, right? When the kids play Pictionary, Pictionary, and we would be drawing something, and Bryn would be drawing something, and we couldn't quite figure it out, and so she'd go, you guys want a hint? And then she'd give us a hint, you know? Oh, whatever, it rhymes with this, or it's three, you know, three words, or it has this many letters, or whatever. And what is the point of a hint? The point of a hint is to take you further, right? The point of a hint is, a hint becomes a pathway, doesn't it? And that's why Paul here says, hey, don't even let there be a hint of sexual immorality or impurity, not not even a little pathway that you and I leave open. Because the truth is, when we leave a pathway to sin, we often take it, right? When we leave a pathway to sin, we so often take it. It's just that number in our phone we should have deleted. It's that uh, image that we screenshotted that we know shouldn't be there, and we rarely ever look at it. But it's just there. It's just that little hint, that little pathway. It's that joke that we tell. It's that way we interact with that person. It's that flirting thing that takes place that shouldn't be taking place in an inappropriate relationship, right? It's just those little hints. And Paul says, don't leave even a hint of that. If you want to shine brightly, see, the problem is, is when you and I start doing that, we dim the bulb, right? And suddenly our, our light is not shining like it once was. And look, are we loved still? Yes. Are we forgiven still? Yes. Can we shine the light again soon? Yes. But man, let's not miss out on these opportunities. Now, some of us would say, Doug, I got to tell you, man, that word hint is in there. Like, don't even leave a hint. I'm not at a hint. I'm I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just enslaved. Back to the Pictionary game. My man Landon, when he was about three, we would play these games, and, and he'd be drawn, and he'd go, you guys need a hint? You know, just like his sister? You guys need a hint? We go, yeah. He'd go, it's a unicorn. <laughs> like, just, just throw it right out there, you know? Like, who, who needs a hint, right? Some of us are like, oh, I'm not at a hint here. I, I'm, I'm just gone, man. It's not a hint of impurity. It's just impurity, right? What do I do? Well, guys, we're going to see in a little while what God does for us to help us and empower us in the midst of this. But one of the things that we do right here and right now is we go, God, I First of all, I love you, and I don't want to hurt you, and I don't want to dishonor you with my life. And so, God, with this hint of impurity or this full-on impurity, God, oh, I'm, first off, I'm so sorry. And secondly, please change me because I want to shine brightly for you. God, change me. I want to shine brightly for you. I don't want to dim the bulb. Some of you guys, as you think about the temptations in life right now, man, I, I'm I'm, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I'm glad I didn't have the temptations that you guys have when I was a lot to your age. 
Just the ability to pull up anything on this device. Wow. I'm telling you, whatever you got to do, it's worth it. However radical you have to get, it's worth it. Whatever standards you have to set up for you and your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, it's worth it. So that you can shine brightly. So that you can make an impact. And people will think you're weird. But do you know who they call when life falls apart? You. Do you know who they text when everything just, wow, I didn't see that coming and my heart's broken. And I'm going to call that weird guy who loves God a lot and seems to have peace. Right? See, that's the power of shining brightly. That's the power of living differently. He goes on, he says, not a hint of impurity, and then he leads into the next verse. He says, or of, because these are improper for God's holy people. And so I guess the question here is, is are we living for all the same stuff everybody around us is living for, right? Or are we leaving room for generosity to, to rescue the poor, to rescue kids out of the sex trade? Are we giving of ourselves in a sacrificial way that shows, because when we do, we are shining brightly, and this is the kind of stuff that people are blown away by. I recently saw... Uh, an article that talked about how a church paid off the debt of its community, medical debt, like $7.8 million. Like, people look at that and go, wow, God must be real. It's this, it's this kind of selfishness, uh, of sacrifice that just blows people away. And so Paul says, hey, let's get this stuff out of the way. And if you're struggling with that today, again, it's just starting and saying, God, I got to be honest, this stuff, these, these shiny things, man, they own my heart, and I want you to own my heart. And I want to live for you, and I want that to be a bright, shining light in my community. Verse 4, nor should there be obscenity, foolishness, joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And so Paul says, okay, so the obscenity and the foolish talk and the, like, the dirty jokes and all that kind of stuff, let's get rid of that. And I love he doesn't just say, let's get rid of it, but he says, let's replace it with something, right? He says, rather thanksgiving. And so Paul's really saying we need to trade profanity for praise, right? We need to trade filthy language for faith-filled language. And suddenly, we're standing out in a good way. Suddenly, people are beginning to see the God in us, right? You see, I think what's interesting is people get to know us so quickly through our words, you know? Like, you, you have a first impression of somebody by how they look and maybe how their voice sounds, but, but then it's right to what they talk about. And when they begin to talk, suddenly you know who they are and what they're about. And so we've got to be so careful that we're not just blending in with the world around us. We have to be so careful. And when we mess up, we've got to own it. So this is really embarrassing, but two, community, two Wednesdays ago at community group, there was about five of us. We were waiting for everybody else to show up. And uh, we're just joking around and being stupid and stuff. And, and with the five of us standing there, somebody made a comment, and then I made a joke. And as the words came out of my mouth, I realized they could be taken a very different way then I meant them. And now I'm kind of standing there, and I'm, I'm feeling dumb, and everybody kind of like felt a little awkward, I think. And so the night kind of went on. I'm wrestling, and I'm like, I didn't mean it like that. And so I'm hoping they didn't take it like that. And I feel kind of dumb to apologize, because what if they didn't take it like that? And now I'll bring it up, and then that'll be weird. And so I get to the community group at the end, you know, the night ends, and then I just, I just text those five people. I was like, guys, I just got to be honest. Like, I really didn't mean for it to come out that way, but I just want to apologize because that was, I could see how it could have been taken inappropriately, and I just want to let you know I'm sorry. So when we mess up, we own it, right? Because who does that? Who does that, right? This is a way, again, we stand out even in the midst of our struggles and failure. And it goes on, and this is an intense verse, but let me explain it to you. It says, for, this, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. What's this mean? This doesn't mean that if we struggle, right? This doesn't mean that if we sometimes 
fall and we give in to this or that, that we have worship with Jesus. What it means is if we're worshiping those things instead of Jesus, right? If we've bowed to those things as king instead of Jesus in our lives, then there's a problem. And so if that's you tonight, I pray that you'd, you'd look at that. You'd say, oh, God, please get back on the throne of my life. Or maybe for the first time, Jesus, be my savior because I want to live for you and not those things. And then it says this in verse 6. This is going to be big for many of us in the room. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on disobedient. Listen to this. Therefore, do not be partners with them. What's he saying? He's saying that there are some people in our lives that when we partner with them in their sin, we get dragged down to bad places. Some of us need to maybe rethink some of our relationships if, that, if that's where we're finding ourselves. Now listen, we're a church who believes that we need to be out there in the darkest places of the world, right? Spending time with the people who are most lost. So this is not all let's hide and get away from everybody and pretend to be this holy group of people and keep all the bad people away. Now that makes no sense. Jesus ran to the worst of the worst, and that's what we're going to do as well. But in our personal relationships... If we get pulled down to places we know we shouldn't be, then we've got to rethink it. And maybe you have to cut somebody out of your life for a season so that you can shine brightly. Or maybe you have to just decide, you know what? I will still hang out. I'll still go to the ball game, but I'm skipping the bar afterwards. I'll still hang out with the friend group, but as soon as they start gossiping, I'm going to say, oh man, i got to get to that paper right now and finish that. It's due tomorrow, right? I'm going to make sure that I'm not letting that, that those relationships take me places Jesus would never want me to go. And maybe a better understanding of this verse is this. It's, it's we're not going to partner with them in their sin. Still love them. Still have a relationship with them. And as long as we're not getting dragged into it all, still be there for them and point them to the hope of Jesus. And then it says this. I love this. For you were once, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. You know what I love about this verse? It doesn't say that we're in the light. It says we are light. We are light. That's this series, right? We get to be bright, shining lights. And I want you to see a couple really important words on the screen. It's those, those words that say, in the Lord. We are light in the Lord, right? It brings us back to what we talked about in week one, that as long as I'm trying to be light just of myself, then I'm in trouble. But as soon as I let the on me and shine through me now i'm light to the world right i think for some of you guys if you're not a follower of jesus maybe you've spent so much time in your life trying to say oh god just look at me notice me notice the good things that i've done see the ways that i have shined my light i want to tell you something if that's been your plan you got it a little bit backwards here's the great truth first we let jesus shine on us and change us and then we shine we don't try to get him to look at us before we put our trust in him and say, look at these great deeds I've done. No, we say, oh, Jesus, save me. I need you. I'm lost without you. And then we watch how he shines in and through us. And so how do we stop the impurity or the hint of impurity? How do we stop the greed? How do we stop the gossip? How do we stop the lust? How do we stop this stuff? We connect to the source. We stay near our Savior. We are light in the Lord. We are not light by ourselves. We are light in the Lord. So are we reading his word? Are we in prayer? Because now suddenly I'm with the Lord, I'm in the Lord, and I am light in the Lord. Verse 9, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. So here we are doing this whole part of this message series, asking this question, how do we please God? 
Right? That's what the verse is saying here. Find out what pleases the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what pleases God? We were at a conference a few weeks ago, and the speaker talked about this old Charlie Brown comic strip where Charlie Brown put a arrow on a bow, shot it into his wall, and then ran over and drew a target around the arrow. And guys, that's so many of us in life. It's like, okay, I'm going to live for God. And it's like, I don't really know what that means. And so we just kind of shoot our arrow, so to speak, and then we hope that it pleases him, you know? No, we've got to find out what pleases the Lord. Well, how do we do that? Well, thank God you're here in church because that's what we're talking about, how to do that. Thank God that we have free Bibles for you and a Bible app and a church app that has Bible studies on it that will help get you in the Word of God so you know what pleases Him. And then you aim your arrow, right? Brightly shining, brightly shining. Verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. First, let me tell you what these verses do not mean. You see, so often I think Christians are viewed as being the moral police of the world. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever maybe felt like, wow, it just feels like Christians are just constantly telling people who are not Christians what not to do? right? That is not what these verses are saying. They're not saying we, you know, kind of become like little detectives and we try to catch each other in sin. And when we find each other red-handed, we celebrate it. That's not what this verse is saying. This verse is saying that if someone sees some sin in my life and they come and and help me expose it, it's going to lead me to light, right? It's going to lead me to the freedom of God. Our jobs is not to try to point out the flaws in each other just for the sake of it. It's to say, no, You need the light of God in that area of your life, and then watch how he'll shine through you and me as we do. And so I just want to urge you tonight, man, if there's some kind of sin in your life, man, expose it to God. He loves you. Expose it to someone in your life that loves you and loves him, and let them help you walk free of it. Then it says this, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is powerful. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. If you are not a follower of Jesus and you walked in here, there's a bunch of people singing. There's some people raising their hands. You're like, what is going on? We're going to do a series on worship in a few weeks. I'm super excited about it. But you're wondering, what's this all about? I'll tell you what it's all about. You know who we are? We're a bunch of people in this room who our souls were asleep. No, actually, they were dead. And God brought them to life. He shined on us. And brought us to life. And maybe you're here tonight saying, you know what, I kind of feel like I'm spiritually asleep. No, actually in a grave. Well, I have great news for you because the Savior that shined on me wants to shine on you too. And wake you up, so to speak, and bring you to life, so to speak, because of what Jesus has done on the cross for you. Verse 15. Be very careful then. Guys, change this world. Be very careful. Yo, listen, we have this huge call. There's this amazing thing that God wants to do in our community. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most every opportunity because the days are evil. Like I said, guys, I'm so thankful that I didn't have all the temptations you guys had, have. I'm so thankful that I I didn't grow up where I could just download any image or I could, you know, text any person at any time to go do do something stupid. I would have found a lot more trouble than I did, and I found some, trust me. That means you guys have to be that much more wise. You guys have to be that much more careful. You have to be that much more alert because the days are evil. And there's the opportunity for you and me to shine brightly. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish but understand the Lord's 
will is. Guys, when you're connected to Jesus, you will know his will. When you put him first, you will know what his heart is. You will know what and you will know how he wants to use you. Then we see another way that we stand apart, and then we're going to look at our last verse for tonight. Verse 18 says, do not get drunk, which leads to debauchery. Debauchery is just a fancy word for partying and craziness and all kinds of things you regret the next day. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This is another way we just stand out, right? Our friends are, are looking for something to give them that thrill. They're looking for something to numb out the pain, and so they're turning to stuff like that. And God says, no, 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 you guys be different here. Don't blend in here. Look different. Instead, be filled with me. Let me heal you so you don't have those places you need to numb out, and let me thrill you so you don't have to seek it elsewhere. I'm telling you guys, we might not be the coolest person. We may not get all the invites to the party, but we will get the phone calls after the party. We will get the text the next morning when someone says, I got wasted last night and I still feel just as empty today. And now I've done a bunch of things that I regret to pile upon it. See, that's who you and I get to be as bright, shining lights. Verse 19, speak to one another hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if you and I were so near Jesus and so in love with his word and so in love with that came out of us just life, truth, love, the word of God. And you know what would happen? The people that you go to school with and the people that you work with, they might say, I don't know if I believe in this Jesus, but I'm really glad that I'm in the same class as that guy. Because, man, he just brings life, man. He walks into the room and he lifts it. Again, I'll bring up uh, my Uncle Frank, Joey's grandpa, Frank. He, he, over and over again, we said at this funeral that when he walked into a room, the whole atmosphere changed, the whole temperature changed. That could be you and that could be me connected to Jesus speaking the words of life, speaking the words of God, and speaking the words of truth. What God's calling you and me to, it's simple in word, it's harder in deed, but with God it's possible. This is what I think we're, we're walking away with tonight. Brightly shine your life for Jesus. Brightly shine it. Don't dim it. Don't allow those things you and I maybe have given into for so long to continue to own us. No, let's brightly shine your lives for Jesus. Here's what I Everybody take out your phone. This was more fun in the earlier services because I know there are a few flip phones, and it was just fun to see people struggle. But I want you to open up your notes. And if you have a flip phone, you probably don't have notes. You got solitaire, which is cool, but you probably don't have notes, so that's okay. Open up your notes on your phone. Everybody's in on this, please. And what I want you to do is I want you to write down, without looking around at anybody else's list here, I want you to write down one area of your life that isn't shining as brightly as it could be. Just write it down. I, I, I have mine here. I wrote it down in the first service. I've been looking at it all day. It's something that I hate about myself, and it's something that I so desperately want God to change because I know that it holds me back from being all that God could use me to be. And here's what I want you to do with that thing you wrote down. I want you to pray about it every day this week. And I want you to bring it before God, and I want you to say, God, I'm so sick of this thing. I'm so tired of this thing, and I love you, and I want to be changed, and I want to shine brightly, and I know this limits me. I know this inhibits me and gets in the way of all that I could be. And the potential is incredible. We are light in the Lord. We are light in the Lord. We are not light in and of ourselves, but we are light in the Lord. And as we're close to him, watch him change the gossip, the temper, the anger, the fear, 
the impurity, the addiction. Watch him begin to work as you connect to him. Next week, we're going to continue to talk about reaching people. And I don't know if you've ever felt like you just don't know what to say. You know, like, Doug, all right, man, I'll be bold. I'll try to love people. I'll try to shine this life. But at the end of the day, I don't have answers for people when they ask hard questions. We're going to talk about that as we wrap up this series next week. But this week, let's live lives that shine brightly. And we will fall and we will stumble, but we own it in those moments because nobody does that. And then we get up and we allow God's grace to carry us and shine through us. So here's what I want you to do. Take your phone back out. I want you to turn on your flashlight, and we're going to turn off the lights here in the room. And what I want you to do, if God has put someone in your life that has shined and made an impact on you, just turn your light on and hold it up. Just hold that light up. If somebody in your life lived in a way, not just words, but they lived in a way that impacted you, and just look around the room, how cool is it? That so many of us can say, yes, somebody did this for me. Somebody was this for me. Someone wasn't just saying it. They were living it and breathing it. You see, that's the power of what Jesus can do through you. I just wonder who could be holding up their phone someday thinking of you, thinking of the life that God lived through you, the light he shined through you. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you now to just begin to think about that thing that's holding you back. And I want you to begin to pray about that right now. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to put your trust in him today. God has been really moving today. God has been drawing many to himself all day long. And man, it would be so cool if you joined what God's been doing. And so if you want to put your trust in him, this Jesus who came for you, who, who lived the life that we walk every day, except, man, he lived it perfectly. He gave us this example to imitate. The one who was brutally murdered in our place to forgive us to, and then shines on you and I. He rose back from the dead. He shines on you and me to give us life. If you want to begin a relationship with him, I encourage you to pray with me right now. Something like this, just quietly, Jesus, I love you, and I thank you that you want to change everything. I thank you that you came to give me life and life abundantly. Not life numbed out, not life distracted, but life abundantly. That Jesus, tonight I just ask you to save me and rescue me. I pray that I will awake and arise out of that spiritual grave. And that now, God, as you shine on me, I will shine on others. Thank you for this gift of salvation. Before we stand to sing, if you pray that for the first time, could you look me in the eye real quick so that I could be praying for you? Anybody here in the room pray that for the very first time today? That's awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Very first time today. Yeah, I see you. Thank you. Cool. That's amazing. Anybody else today? For the very first time, put your trust in Jesus. God, we love you. We're so excited. And we thank you. And we just ask now, oh God, help us to live bright, shining lights. You guys stand with us. Uh, what we're going to do now is, is we are going to sing a song, just a portion of a song before we close in our last song. And we are going to really declare this over Long Island. We're going to declare that God would do something incredibly powerful over this area. And we, all, we almost want to prophetically sing this out over our town that God would do something great. So would you just stand and sing this with us?